and welcome back to another episode of Rugby with Pads. Today is your week two waivers slash reactions slash overreaction episode. Today we'll be going through your waiver pickups early for you guys and also we'll be moving through some reactions and overreactions to week one. Should we panic? Probably not. And I think that's going to be the theme of the episode. Don't panic. It's so easy to think, oh, this player did well or this player did badly and try and readjust your entire team around that. Don't panic. Things will things will get things will come good. <laughs> I think I think. And we I think the main take home for me is that we've got to realise that at the moment we just don't know anything. You know, we, we can't prove that we know anything. We haven't got the statistical basis to do any of this kind of stuff. So Without further ado, let's have a look at what we what happened at the weekend and some gut takes and how we should be reacting to them. And we'll go through position by position. We'll start with QB because there was some really interesting stuff happening at QB. I think the first one that came to my mind was, is Tua really that good? Or is it just the Chargers? Now, <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both. The Chargers really disappointed me. and They shouldn't disappoint me because they're the Chargers and they're going to do what they're going to do. I love Justin Herbert. I love Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, all those guys. Austin Eckler is the GOAT um, as far as fantasy football goes. You know, 39 touchdowns in two seasons. Absolutely insane. And you would expect with all those weapons, they put away games, but defense and game management is there. It's at rock bottom. The fact that the Chargers decided to not take the clock down to like three or four seconds for that field goal attempt at the end of the first half. And then they gave away a DPI in the 25. That was um, Derwin James as well, I believe, who is, or was it JC Jackson? One of the two. But, you know, one of of their star DBs gave it away and it gave them a chance. It gave Miami a chance to even up. And then the game was just back and forth, back and forth. It was a shootout. They couldn't win. You know what, it, it really lent to Tua doing fantastically well. But I think Tua would have done well anyway because he had two fantastic weapons in, of course, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Warden on the other side. Um, Tyreek Hill with over like 215 yards or something like crazy. He's going for the 2K <laughs> trophy, you know, he, he wants it. And I think with those weapons, all Tua needs to do is stay healthy. And I, for one, am glad he um, managed to learn to fall over in the offseason. That was one of the big offseason stories. Another QB storyline, could Anthony Richardson be the best rookie QB out there for fantasy? Yes, full stop. With the running upside and touchdowns, he had an even better completion percentage than the other guys, uh, than Bryce Young and the CJ Stroud, who I advised you to fade. I am big on Anthony Richardson, and I think he could have a really, really interesting season. And it's obvious he really likes Michael Pittman, which for me... I love that. Um, Should we be worried about Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, Lamar and Jalen Hurts? None of them had a great performance. Some have really poor performances between Joe Burrow and Lamar. They didn't score 10 points between them. (laughs) No, we shouldn't worry. These guys were drafted highly. We had a lot of expectations upon them, but it's a long season. And for these guys, the season probably doesn't start till week three. They they haven't played any preseason a lot of them in contract negotiations, coming back from injury, all that kind of stuff. You know, they didn't want to get damaged in preseason. It's the first pads, first time they've been hit for some of them. So, no, I'm not worried about that at all. But, um, yeah, I think there's still a lot to see at the QP position. At the running back position, I think it's, it's pretty obvious. Um, Eckler and CMC are still good. If you picked any of the top three, Justin Jefferson, Eckler and CMC in most leagues, 
you're pretty pretty chuffed so um yeah if you did badly last year well done for you um but there are some interesting developments at running back elsewhere i think one of them is a is a two-headed one with our other first round picks in the real nfl draft jameer gibbs and Bijan robinson because our tyler algier and david montgomery involved being being involved is it a concern? And I think, no, not really. I think that the teams are still trying to work out what they've got in those players. Ultimately, Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs are dynamic players who you saw on limited snaps. They did a fantastically, you know, Bijan cutting up or what have you. Um, I think Jameer Gibbs broke seven tackles, broke six tackles on seven attempts or something like that and got nine, 4.9 yards per carry. He's a small guy. He is monstrously fast and fantastic. I think they're just going to work out how they're best to play them and how best to play these best weapons on their seams now, I think. Um, and I think we'll see in a couple of weeks what they've actually got. But there is some questions over in Chicago there about, and uh, also in Denver, I'm going to put those questions in place. In in Chi-Town, who is the RB1? I don't, I don't really know, but I think the volume speaks to the fact that it's probably Khalil Herbert's job to lose at the moment. Roshan Johnson, I think statistically, fancy points came up best, um, followed by Khalil Herbert. But Dante Foreman optically looked pretty good too. But I think you've got to go with Herbert because the volume is there. And at the moment, volume shows you how much a team trusts a player. But what is happening in Denver? <laughs> Samar J.P. Ryan was the target leader. Javante Williams got involved but didn't really do a huge amount. I'm still saying Javante Williams will be the player. It's his first real action again. Um, I think there's a, a element of Russ getting used to the offense under Sean Payton. But Javante will shine out as they went to him 13 times in a tight game. And that's something you don't do with running backs that you don't trust. Now, wide receiver. There's a, a couple of things I just want to highlight here. I think the first one is... Brandon Ayuk, who a lot of you I know probably faded because thought Steelers' defense is going to be good. Um, unfortunately, not that good. And not good enough to stop Brandon Ayuk and Brock Purdy tearing it up. Can we have Brandon Ayuk, this Brandon Ayuk, every week, please? And, and knowing Kyle Tannehill, probably not. I don't think we'll see him like this for another few weeks. Um, it will be a rotating cast. It could be anyone. It could be Kittle next week. We don't know. That's what you get with the 49ers experience. Um, but it did lead me to think, like, is he the alpha now? Or is it Debo? Or is it someone else? And you could put that for any team. Who is the alpha receiver in, insert team here, pretty much everyone except the Vikings? Um the Rams, who's the alpha with uh, with Cup gone? Don't know yet. Uh, for the Falcons, who's the alpha? Well, it's Peter John Robinson right now because Drake London didn't even catch a pass. And, and you've got that question for so many teams. And I think the answer is just be patient. Yeah, and this is why you listen to the Wave Water show because you, you work out who you want to pick up. At tight end, it was a very hard week, though. Um, and I think a lot of us were left questioning, did we do the right thing by by playing in and going in for Kelsey, for Waller, for Mandrews. Should I be getting looking to get rid of them for, for someone who's actually playing <laughs> and who's actually consistently scoring? And I think, no, it's, it's a long old season. Do not give up your draft position that you, you worked so hard to tank for last year. I'm joking. Um, but it's a long old season and these players will shine. And I think it's a very few players who shine at tight end. And that leads on to my final point, really, because... Are there really any other players at tight end who can give me value week on week? 
and after hoping for a renaissance in the position, I, I don't think there is. There was no one really who shone out and said, yeah, I can rely on him. He looks really good. Cole Komet, maybe, but still wasn't in light of the world. You're just going to get those tight end two, tight end three performances week in, week out. That's not good enough to win leaves. That's a safe floor. It's not upside. So I think the reaction that I had was one of calm. Don't panic. Wait and see what you've got. You know, that things will come up and uh, and change is afoot. And going into this week, beautiful segue here, we've got our week one waivers. Now, for most of you, waivers will occur on Wednesday, I believe. Um, some of the, you on Thursday, you'll probably want to put in your, your claims on you know, either today, Monday, which has been recorded, or Tuesday. But what I wanted to do is highlight some players that I think are going to have a huge amount of value and why as well. So I'm going to start off with, you know, I'm, I'm going to make sure to get, to get one at each skill position each week. And uh, and this is where you can listen. By the way, I would always say, if you're looking at some of these guys, I th- these are going to be players that maybe aren't particularly sexy, but I think they're worth you burning your number one waiver wire position for because I think they will give you upside down the track or, or any waiver wire position. Don't wait till free agency because someone will hopefully snap these up. These are trending players, I think is the best way to describe them. The first one, and it's probably pretty obvious, I've already mentioned him in uh, in speaking about Brandon Ayuk, but Brock Purdy. Now, I think he showed that despite his seventh round draft grade and his pickup, um, he really is him. And he's got a great connection with Ayuk and the cast around him, with CMC, uh, with, with others. That they all believe in him, and I think I believe in him too. Now, he should be picked as a starter each week. End of. He plays uh, another NFC rival this week, and he is playing an NFC. He's playing an NFC in an NFC West. Sorry, he gets to play six times. He's already played. He hasn't played one yet. He gets to play weak teams six times this year. Those those should be guaranteed starts, and he's starting um, with what should be a solid game against a very young Rams secondary um, that could be you know quite weak. I, I think they showed out and played about above their position this last week against the Seahawks, but the Rams I don't think have the longevity beside them. He is available in seventy five percent of leagues, and this is based on twelve team PPR leagues. So yeah, go and get him. It's obvious, really. Go get him. Next one, I'm going to start off with a, another signal caller who isn't in a new position, but it's a new beginning for him, and it's Jordan Love. Now, someone pointed out to me that Jordan Love's, most of his points came from screen passes, and Aaron Jones did most of the heavy lifting. At the end of the day, in fantasy, it doesn't matter how you get the points. It just matters that you get the points. So I, I think, again, in a similar position to Brock Purdy, he gets to play an NFC North team more, five more times this season, and, and outside of the the Lions, there, there's not many stiff defenses there. So I think he's going to be picking up points, and he's definitely worth a QB two pickup, regardless. You know, the, the Lions do look frisky, and will give him a hard time. He will do weird things, and he will throw away the ball occasionally. But I think he is good for a QB two if you need him. He is available in 85% of leagues still. And this is this is the kind of numbers we're talking about. We're going to make sure that we only talk about players where we can, where it's you know, 50% or more available. As we get through the season, people will get wise. So early on, these guys are probably going to be the guys who set you apart in your first few games. Let's move on to wide receiver, Puka Nakua. 
I, I liked him going into this week. Um, I thought the vacated targets from Cooper Cup, it would be it would be his game, and he's that kind of size, uh, kind of almost tight end hybrid guy. He's available in ninety eight percent of leagues. He he stepped into those coops up and, and made plays. Um, and more besides, the, I think the only thing that was missing from his game was the sweep game, which was definitely two two at Wells. But he outshone Van Jefferson, and I think he's going to be a come a coach's favourite. The Steelers didn't really show up against the 49ers' defence, but the 49ers' defence looked a bit squishier than they should have. And I can see Puka being a high-volume, yards-after-the-catch kind of guy. He is available in 98% of leagues. People do have not picked him up because of his draft capital. That's it. But you see guys all over the place with low draft capital doing fantastically well. And another one who I think was a UDFA a couple of years ago, Donald Parham, six foot eight inches of tight end. He, he was on the roster bubble. I believe he played in a spring league, but he's back and he got three targets, one of which was in the end zone, corralled that in, a, in what was a really neat little play. He's got Herbert sites and, and he's in Kellen Moore's playbook, which does use a tight end. And we saw that from players like Dalton Schultz a couple of years ago as well. The Chargers will be the Chargers and will be in shootouts, but with a high-powered offense, you should get a chance for end zone targets. And with that wingspan, it's a really good target. I mean, in a frankly awful tight end market, we'll take what we can get. He's available in 99% of leagues. Now, I tweeted at the weekend that the Ravens and the uh, and the season-ending injuries just go hand in hand. And unfortunately, that was the case for J.K. Dobbins. Out with suspected Achilles, I think that is probably a league, and there's a season-ender for him. But that just gives us fancy players opportunity. Gus was a sleeper for me when I he went largely undrafted. And even if Justice Hill got two touchdowns this year, I think the volume um, that just that Gus is going to be, which means he's going to be more con- yeah, more um, consistent. And I think that's why he's going to be put into flex considerations moving forwards. Finally, um, we'll go back to... Oh, sorry, Gus Bus, by the way, is available in 80% of leagues. Uh, so again, high numbers here. You've got more more than likely to catch him, especially if you're in a 10-man home league here. Finally, we're going to look at another Ram. Um, I was really impressed by Kyron Williams, who I'd previously written off. I thought the fact they drafted Zach Evans and they had Cam Akers come back in, he wasn't going to be played. But Sean McVay doesn't really stick with a favourite running back for long. And Kyron Williams won the touch competition this week and was far more efficient. I think he got, I can't remember when he got one or two touchdowns. I'll have to go and review that. But against Cam Akers, he was the player to have and I think for a spot start he's he's kind of there he's available in 90% of leagues so from the top that is Brock Purdy at 75% Jordan Love at 85 Puka Nakua at 98 Donald Parham at 99 Gus Bus at 80% that's Gus Edwards for those of you who don't know his nickname and Kyron Williams at 90% I think these guys will serve you well going into week two. And I really hope that uh, you, you do get your claims in early and you start winning some games. But yeah, guys, let me know how you did this week. Is it a victory Monday, victory Tuesday, whatever day of the week you're listening to this is, you know, comment, did you win? How was your, how was your matchup? What went right for you? What went wrong for you? Uh, I'd love to know. Um, I'll probably see you a bit later this week, definitely on the Thursday preview show. I might do a league show, league results show. Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll try and squeeze that in. It all depends how the week goes. But as always, you can support the pod, all the socials at Rugby With Pads. You can support the pod at www.rugbywithpads.com or go straight to the store, um, store.rugbywithpads.com. Thank you all for listening and I will see you all soon on the virtual gridiron.